to be here this morning. Happy to be alive. Then I think you should jump up and clap your hands to Jesus, not for me. Thank you. God bless you. Let's close our eyes and lift up our hands to Jesus. Once again, begin to look unto him. The Bible says he is our very present help in the moments of trouble. As you begin to look unto Jesus, prepare your states to worship, prepare your hearts to worship him. Lord, we give you the glory. Lord, we appreciate you. Thank you once again for everything. We can't thank you enough. We are so grateful. Thank you, our maker. Thank you, our creator. We bow down and worship Yahweh. We bow down and worship Yahweh. Most high, 
Father, we thank you because you are the Lord Most High. We exalt your name. We give you all the glory. Once again, Daddy, may your name be exalted in Jesus' name. Lord, as we proceed in this ministration, Holy Spirit, speak through me to your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Every contrary spirit will arrest them in the mighty name of Jesus. As this word go forth, Lord, let there be healing. Let there be restoration in the lives of your people in the name of Jesus. And at the end of this service, let's have every reason to glorify you. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. God bless you. Greet somebody beside you and say you are welcome to church. Technica, can I have more feedback? On more feedback. Tell them you are welcome to church. Tell them it's good to see them again. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of God. As we all know, that as a church, the watchword for this year is our year of revival and new glory. Having said that, in line with the mandate given by our general overseer, that the messages for us this year during our various services, particularly on Sunday, are messages that should reposition us for revival. And if you could, as many of us I can remember, these messages are supposed to focus on brokenness, holiness, heaven, and hell. And in line with this mandate, we will look at messages that address this, you know, four listed areas. And as a result of that, we'll be starting the series today. I'm not sure how long the series is going to take us, but we'll follow through with the leading of the Holy Spirit, and we'll see how far uh, he wants to take us in this series. And for this series, one of the Bible passages that we will be using is the book of Jonah. This book is an interesting book. It has a major character by the name of Jonah. Uh, for as many of us that had the privilege of passing through the junior Sunday school uh, classes, if you remember, you don't need to look too far before you hear the story of, you know, uh, Jonah. It should still be very much fresh in our memory. One true story, so many kind of narratives by our Sunday school teachers. God bless all of them in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, there is a popular joke that, you know, a young boy asked his Sunday school teacher that, uh, is it true that Jonah was swallowed by a whale? And the Sunday school teacher said, oh, Yes. And the boy said, um, ask the Sunday school teacher, so how did he manage to survive inside the fish? 
Uh, the Sunday school teacher told the boy that where? Uh, maybe when we get to heaven, we are going to ask Jonah. Then immediately the boy heard that, hold on, what if Jonah did not make it to heaven? <laughs> Before the teacher would say anything, the boy added, you will go and ask him. <laughs> Praise God. Let's turn our Bible to Jonah chapter 1. We'll be reading from verse 1. Jonah was a prophet very, who knew God very well. He also, he also has one of the spiritual gifts among others, which is prophecy. But interestingly, as much as this man knows God very well, he decided not to take God seriously. In fact, he decided to run away from God. That looks like a contradiction. How can a man know God very well, also prophesy, and decide to run away from the same God? The truth is that most of us are just like Jonah. We know God. Some of us have spiritual gifts. In fact, some of us were even born in the church. But we never took God serious. To the degree that we should. Why? Because we are too used to God. Jonah chapter 1, and I'll start reading from verse 1. And I read, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Hamittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. And he paid the fear thereof, and he went down into it to go unto them, unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his god and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them but jonah was gone down into the side of the ship and he laid and he was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us, that we may not perish. And they said everyone to his fellow, Come, let us cast lots. That we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. The title of the series we are starting today is It's Time to Get Serious. Can you tell somebody beside you? And today we'll be starting with part one. The subtitle for the part one will be Taking God Seriously. Taking God seriously. 
the series is it is time to get serious and we are going to part one taking God seriously from the Bible passage which I've just read now God gave an instruction to Jonah arise go to Nineveh now let's do a bit of biblical geography here Nineveh used to be the capital of the Assyrian Empire. It was a beautiful cosmopolitan city. Jonah, that God instructed to go to that city, Jonah is a Jew and was an Israelite. An Israelite. Now, both Israelites and Assyrians, they don't go along very well at all. So, God gave Jonah an instruction to go to the east. And Jonah decided to go to the west. You need to see the map of where Nineveh is and where Tashis is. He left Nineveh, which in Bible days used to be around Syria, and he was heading towards Spain. <laughs> so, that was the man Jonah for you. Now, let's bring this back to our personal lives. Jonah is not different from a lot of us. I said at the beginning of the year, if you remember my message, that this year we will take on very much more spiritual, mature things as a church. And that's why if you've been following the sequence of our services from January, you will realize that there is a pattern. In January, we were talking about laying of foundation and planning and all sorts of things along that line. Now, early February, we started talking about physical, intellectual, and spiritual knowledge. That is, you need knowledge to build on those foundations we've laid. Now, having said all those major areas, there's one particular area that we also need to talk about. And that's the reason why we're having this series. You may... Lay a very good foundation, have a very good knowledge, but if you trivialize your relationship with God, if you take it lightly, if you are not serious with it, you will discover that you may not be able to achieve much. So, as we begin to go down the year, I want our mentality and our attitude to begin to shift from what it used to be. Neither cold, nor hot, not really sure of what is happening, kind of baby feeding. We're gradually moving away from those areas now. It is time to manifest. And the only way we can manifest is getting serious with God. A lot of times, I know we do say it often, you do say it, I have spoken it, or do say it a lot of times too. You know when you're having a conversation with somebody, and you 
mention this phrase, are you serious? What happens to the conversation? The mode will change. Or you're having a conversation and somebody say, seriously? Everybody countenance will change. At that point in time, that conversation shifts to another level. Everybody's very attentive. Everybody wants to listen, no matter how light that conversation is. Now, if we do that, when we have a day-to-day conversation with our friends, why is it that we do not take God seriously, particularly when God is talking to us? Here is another scenario. I want you to look. Why do you take your attendance to work, whether full-time, part-time, voluntary work? Why do you take it serious? Because you know that if you do not, if you are consistent, if you are a consistent latecomer, after some time, somebody will say, okay, let's have a conversation with HR. If you are not careful, that conversation may lead to somebody being escorted out of the gate and P45 is waiting for you in the post. But why is it that we can stroll in into church and they are still singing praise and worship? It's still past 11. Um, 11.15. I think by this time they should have finished in. Um, 11... 45, okay, it's time to go. And even when you walk into the church, you just walk in majestically, just looking with your high heels or your suit. I wonder who is looking. Now, as we begin this series, I want you to begin to assess your relationship with God. You may not have done as much as Jonah has done, but I think, to be honest, in our attitude, in our relationship with God, in our behavior, we are not too far away from the things he has done. Now, let's begin to go into this message bit by bit. What does it mean to take God serious? To take God seriously means to take his word seriously. And when you take his word serious, you will take his instruction serious. When people are talking to us for any reason, if we did not pay attention, after some time, they will normally say something like, you're very disrespectful, you're not even listening to me when I'm talking. And in the same manner, most of the time, even God is invisible, yet he keeps talking to us all the time, but we don't pay serious attention. So, can we conclude why are we being disrespectful to God? If we ignore or reject much of what he has to say to us through the pages of the scripture, then that means we are not taking him serious. In fact, like I said, we are treating him with great disrespect. 
And when you treat God with great disrespect, you know what happened? You have started a journey on something that they call the highway of shame and embarrassment. And the final destination may be lake of fire. If you ignore the things that God speaks to us through his servants, through our teachers, that means you are not taking God serious. Romans chapter 10, when you start reading from verse 14, how shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings unto good things, of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. A lot of times, we treat the word of God like something that they call, I know we all love going to restaurants, and I know we've been to so many kind of restaurants. You know, when you go particularly to a French restaurant and they give you what they call a la carte menu, you know how it works. It's a kind of a menu where you choose what you want and you pay individual prices for the items you've chosen. In the same way, we listen to the word of God, we kind of cherry pick what we want the portion that suits us, the one that appealed to our taste, and we pass the others away. Now, let's come back to our main character, which is the man called Jonah. Jonah was given a very clear instruction, but he chose to intentionally do what he wanted. This is not a case of, like they used to say, misrode. He did not misrode. He went to the port. He paid. He did not get crash. He didn't miss the boarding gate. It's not a matter of, oh, I got to the airport and I, I missed it. Was, it should have been boarding gate four and I went to seven. No. He did all this fully aware of his mental capacity. Not only that, the Bible made us to understand that this is a man that actually knows God very, very well. When you go to the book of Jonah chapter 4, and you start reading from verse 2, the way it described God will make you to understand that this man actually knows God very well. And I read Jonah chapter 4 from verse 2a. For I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, and slow to anger, and of great kindness, and represent and, and repentest thee of the evil. So, Jonah is fully conversant with God. In the same way, you and I, we are fully conversant with God. You know the Bible. In fact, some of us can recite several chapters in the Bible. You know all the rudiments of basic principles of Christianity, of the church, of working with God. But 
we do not take God seriously. Now, what's the purpose of taking God seriously? One thing I want you to know is this, that God can never be deceived. From the first four chapters, in chapter one of the book of Jonah, there are a couple of things we can deduce from those verses. When you go to chapter one, and you start reading from verse 1 to 4. And I will list those things. One, from those verses, we are able to discover that, one, God is omniscience, which means God knows all things. God is omnipotent, which means God has power over all things. God is omnipresence, which means God is everywhere. And most of the time, we often forget this, and we try to live a life of self-deception by trying to get serious with lesser things than God. No wonder the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 9, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So when we talk... When we take God seriously, not only are we going to prosper financially, we will prosper intellectually, health-wise, in every area of our life. And one major purpose of taking him seriously is that you have knowledge and understanding. Now, talking about our man Jonah, again. It seems to have these two things. Going by the way the Bible have described him. The Bible says he knew God very well. He knows a lot of things about God. But yet, he thought God was a joke. How? Go to East. And decided, no, I want to go the other side. In the same way, we all have a certain amount of knowledge about God, no matter how little. But I want us to ask one another, why are we always thinking that we do not need to take God seriously? Why do you and I treat God as if, you know, is an a la carte menu? So I pick what I want to pick and I'll leave the rest. And that's the next thing we will look at. Why we do not take God seriously? These days, personally, I make a personal decision to listen a lot to people. And when I see people talk over and over, and I kind of place the logic of their expressions and talk side by side by the word of God, I usually come to one conclusion. There is one nature in human being that is called self-deception. Do you know it is very easy to deal with somebody who is lying? 
particularly when the lie is very obvious. But self-deceit is hard to tackle. Why? It's very much internal. It's deep-rooted. And for self-deception to come into play, there are a number of things that happens. Now, I want you to follow me. One, you and I, we will build an assumption. When we build an assumption, we turn it into a fact in our head. Then we accept the fact and we believe it. Jonah made himself to believe that God is not powerful. He made himself to believe that, after all, God will not come down to come and buy a ticket. Maybe if, even if he comes down, he won't even have money to buy the ticket. And therefore, he thought he could pull off a smart one in a nice, clean way. Ironically, you and I, most of the time, that's the same thing we do. We always believe we are smart. There is a high natural tendency. Human beings, naturally, we want to outsmart one another. But one thing, one thing at the center of this is self-deception. And you want to know, do you want to know how self-deception comes into play? This is how you would notice. Immediately, you start hearing phrases like, I am not the only one. We all do it. I am work in progress. Uh, it is not this hard. God is love. He's a wonderful God. I am trying my best. Uh, we all watch stuff. That is self-deception in play. That's why Jesus said in the book of Mark, chapter 15, verse 11, that it is not what goes into a man that defies a man, but what comes out of a man. For most of us, how do we classify some of our friends? Probably by the things they say. Most of us have friends that when they want to say something, you'll be like, because you know that for any conversation, his contribution is just off tangent. And there is just one outcome of self-deception. That takes me to the next thing. What is the outcome of self-deception? When we are in the state of self-deception, our, our mind makes us to believe that we can flee from the presence of God. Here is the truth. You cannot hide from God. In fact, you cannot hide from the ge geographical presence of God. That's why we describe his, uh, him as omnipresence. He is everywhere. He has already seen everything. The only thing you can do is you can flee from the will of God. 
every disobedience to God's instruction, every little sin that you and I commit, we think God is not seeing us. But all these things amount to lack of being serious with the things of God. Now, let's do a little bit of digging into this Bible reading. My version of the Bible is KJV. I know you may have several versions. But in getting ready for this message, I did a lot of cross-reference along the lines of so many Bible references. And I noticed something. I discovered that there is a particular word that keeps coming up. Now, when you are studying the Bible, anytime you see a particular word or phrase being repeated over first time, second time, third time, fourth time, you should pay particular attention to it. Now, let's go to Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. And I start reading. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down. Now, the key word there, down, notice, to Joppa. Continue reading. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fear thereof and he went down. Number two. Now, for some version, what you will see is he went on board. But most of the versions still keep to the first down. Now, if you go to verse 5 and you start reading, then the mariners were afraid and cried everyone unto his God and cast all the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down again. Now, for KJV version, that's number three. For some other version, that's number two. Why do you think God keeps emphasizing the word Dan? Now, come to look at it from this perspective. Human beings are very funny. You and I are very funny. Let's try to look at the mindset of Jonah. He's probably thinking, like I said earlier, God is never going to come down. He's not going to get a ticket. And he's never going to get on board with me in this ship. So I can escape. I can flee. What a funny conclusion. Let's take the mindset of Jonah back into our everyday life. You see, every sin that we commit is always in the secret. And you know what? The children of God these days, they've specialized in what I would call covert sins. And I will explain what I mean by that. When people travel, they leave their family. When they are in the hotel, they do all sorts of things. By the nature of my circular job, I travel a lot and I stay in a, to a lo hotel a lot of times. And you know sometimes, when you stay a lot of weeks in a hotel, sometimes even months, 
It takes the grace of God for you and discipline to keep walking in into that hotel. Let's be real. And you are smiling at the king-size bed every night, every day. You walk out again. You come in again. Only you. And everything is being served, food, everything okay. If you are not that careful, you will step into a territory you should not. I have a lot of friends, a lot of colleagues, they step into that territory. Now, another reason why I said as Christians, our sin is covert in nature. You see, most of us will not carry gun, drill, machine to go and rob a bank. But you can rob through the pages of filling your tax return forms. Most of the time, you won't go and probably kill to receive benefits because people know uh, she's a Christian, she has children, she has husband. But then, people will leave their wife, their husband somewhere and come to another place and be claiming they are single parents. You see how we stylishly do our own sin? It's not a straight one. Sin always takes place in the dark. That's the reason why in the Bible was emphasizing down, down. Down. Because to get into the dark, what happens? You keep going down, down. And the more you go down, the more you try to cover up. But here is it. The wisdom of men is foolishness to God. In the Bible passage, when the lot was cast, who was the culprit? Jonah. This tells us one more thing. No matter how you know how to throw the dice. God will always determine the outcome. You know, most of the times we play all this game with dice and you shake it. Some people are so good. Six. But you can't outsmart God. I cannot outsmart God. Everything we do in the dark will come out in the lights. When we think we can get away with something, the lot will fall upon us. And then the whole story will blow out. Now that takes me to the next thing. Why do people try to hide from God? Now let's look into the scriptures and into our everyday lives. There are people in the Bible that try to hide from God. We we'll also look into the society. Now, let me make this clear. For people in the society, which I will mention their names, I'm not passing judgment. I want you to remember the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh stand, take heed, lest he fall. What I want us to do is to learn from these people. These people never believed they could become victims. The first person I will take from the scripture is Adam. 
I stand to be corrected, but I think Adam thought or never imagined he would find himself in the situation that he and Eve found themselves. Until the drama began to unfold. Now, after eating the forbidden fruit, what happened? They were trying to physically hide from God. You know, it's so funny. How can you be hiding from your creator? You are standing at the back of a tree. And you know, God was very wonderful. God also played along. Adam, where are thou? Do you think God has not seen him? He has. Now, let's come to the modern day society. Let's bring it a little bit home. We all remember Tiger Woods. Somehow, somehow, something was let out. Somehow, somehow, somebody talked too much. Somehow, one of his mistresses went to somewhere to say something. Somehow, the press got it. And they started digging. And when they cast the lot, what happened? It fell upon Tiger. Result. He lost his family. He went to divorce. Up to now, he's still trying to get back on track. Another person I will mention is a man that a lot of people admire a lot. His name is called General David Petros. For those of us who are politically inclined, Petros was a fantastic military officer in the U.S. Army. He was a top general. They describe him as a strategist. And after having an accomplished career in the Army, he was appointed the CIA director. But what happened? God stirred up one jealous woman. The jealous woman fired an email to another woman, threatened the woman. That woman, because she was threatened, went to FBI to come and to report the relationship that happened. It was like a play. One of the most powerful men in the world was brought down. Let me come back to the Bible. Another person is David. David thought he had seen what God did not see by standing at the balcony and looking at one beautiful woman bathing somewhere. And that's why I would tell people, you see, you can't close your eyes and be walking through the city center. Of course, you have to look at the road. But then, you can control the images that your eyes will feed into your mind. David sent for the woman, committed adultery. After some days, the woman sent the message to her, Oh, king, I'm pregnant now. Right from that day, David started scheming. In fact, when you look at that story, 
it's almost came in such a way that you can never link anything about the death of that woman to David. He brought the man home. He tried to make him feel drunk. No, the woman said, I have to go. The man said, I have to go back to war. He now told the commanders at the war front, push him in the front of the war and withdraw. You know, for most of us that watch movies, when you see police, do you see one police? Have you ever seen one police officer moving? There are always two. And before you move another distance, you see some other way. So there is always a backup, backup somewhere. Imagine if somebody now withdraw and leave one person alone. That was exactly what David did. And that man was killed. And he pretended nothing has happened until God raised up Nathan. And Nathan, <laughs> being a man of God, went to David to tell David the story about a man who was, you know, who experienced injustice from somebody. And when David with George, he rose up, he was very angry. I said, who is that person? He must be killed. The brother looked at him. You are the person. He said, eh? What did I do? You killed somebody's husband. Nobody saw you, but God did see you. Here is the lesson. You see? These people I've mentioned, including the ones in the Bible, they can be you. They can be me. But the truth is, if they are taking God seriously and believe that God can see everything, probably they won't have gone down along that road. We all believe we can outsmart God. But, ladies and gentlemen, let me announce to you, nobody will ever get away with anything. Most of the time, we forget what they call the law of harvest. We want to plant particularly sin, but we do not want it to grow. It's not possible. You will reap every sin that you sow. I will reap every sin that I sow. There will be consequences. And that takes me to another thing in our sermon today. A change of mind, but not a change of heart. Now let's go back to Jonah. After the lot was cast and Jonah was identified, when you go to verse 8, at that point, Jonah acknowledges sin. In fact, immediately, he started doing what he was running away from, preaching to God. But if you study the storyline very well, you will discover that <laughs> it sounded very repentant, but he was not yet ready to obey. How? His statement clearly indicates the intensity of his disobedience by saying that he would rather die than going back to Nineveh. Now, let me drop something here. You see? If you like, you can run away from the will of God for ages. It's just a matter of time. You will still come back home. There is an African adage that says that the seat will always remain in the house for the bomb bomb. So when you carry it, go everywhere and come. The seat is still sitting down at home. You still sit down at it. 
The statement of Jonah can make us realize something. He read the word of God. He studied the word of God. But yet, he wants to avoid God. A lot of time, we try to cover up so many things. Even though you and I study the word of God. Some times ago, I preached a sermon that is called Spiritual Mirror. And I said something, and I want you to listen to me, that why is it easy for people, when you are in your house, after dressing up, you stand in the front of the mirror. If it's not looking fine, you adjust everything for everything to look okay. Now, the word of God is also a similar mirror. When you stand in front of that word, and it shows you exactly who you are, you stylishly walk away. You won't readjust anything. Why? We respond to the image of the ordinary mirror in our house. But we do not respond to the reflection that the word of God gives back to us. One thing I want you to know is why you cannot deny what you see in the word of God. The only thing is you refuse to accept what is wrong. I refuse to accept what is wrong. And that's the nature of man. And it is called sin. You can describe it any other way you want to describe it. But it's sin. And when we do not take God serious, it is sin. And you need to understand something. No matter what you do, no matter how down, down you go like Jonah, it will still come out at the top of the roof. I want you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 12 from verse 2 to 3. And I read. Luke 12, 2 to 3, I read. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither eat that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you've spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. That which you've spoken in the ears of in the ears enclosed, shall be proclaimed upon the housetop. We're getting there to the end. There will be consequences. Now, what is the consequences of not taking God serious? Finally, after Jonah was identified through the Lord, he was casted into the sea. And it was swallowed by a whale. Here is one thing. After all revelation have come out, then you will pay. Then I will pay for all the consequences of our sin. Maybe somebody is asking, hey, why is God not merciful? But you need to understand that you will reap every seed of sin you sow. But like I said earlier, you will pay the consequences. But God in his mercy will also take you back. If we go to the same chapter 1 in the book of Jonah, verse 17, what eventually happened to Jonah? The Bible said, says, Lord, prepare a great fish that swallowed Jonah and it was there for three days and three nights. We will see that God was gracious to Jonah. He prepared a fish to swallow him up. But that fish vomited him after three days and three nights. 
Now, that tells a lot of things, and I'll quickly explain that. Give me five minutes. We'll round it up now. Jesus died, was in the tomb, and resurrected for a total of three days and three nights. His death means that you and I are dead as a result of our sin. But through his resurrection, we have been able to be brought back to life. Jesus paid the price for every sin we've committed. But the only thing is, you need to trust him. I need to trust him. We've all played the game so far. We've never taken him seriously. But now, the game master and the game changer, Jesus Christ, is here. I think it is time we need to surrender and give up. I want you to bow down your head where you are. And I want you to take this message home and begin to reflect. Even I want us to go and study the first chapter in the book of Jonah. And I want you to begin to reflect as you think about these questions or these points that I will mention now. What are the things I've been hiding from God? How is my life style, my way of living, different from Jonah when it comes to relationship with God? And as you reflect and take away those questions, if you are here, probably you've been playing games. You've tried to outsmart everybody except God. I would like to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Quickly confess your sin. Ask for mercy and forgiveness. Pray that the blood of Jesus will wash away those sins. And as you've done that, I want you to repeat after me. Father, I thank you for forgiving me my sins. I surrender my life to you. I invite you into my heart. Come and dwell in my heart. Change me and make me a better person. And I pray that you will never go back in Jesus' name. Let's ask for forgiveness of all our sins. But adventure yours is just on and off. Pray that God will have mercy and forgive. In Jesus' name, we've asked for forgiveness. Let's stand up as we go quickly to pray this prayer. Power of sin over my life. Release me and be destroyed. In the name of Jesus, power of sin over my life, release me and be destroyed. In the name of Jesus, release me and be destroyed. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name we pray. Oh Lord, if my life is on the wrong road, correct me. Put me on the right road in the name of Jesus. Lord, if our life is on the right, wrong road, on the wrong path, correct us, put us back on the right road, on the right path in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are praying. Let every unprofitable marks in my life be erased by the blood of Jesus. Yes, In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we thank you for your word.
we pray that as we have listened to you, bring us back from every area that we've refused your instruction in the name of Jesus. And let our life glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Next week we'll continue with the series by going to part two.